Hey guys, Kyler back with Kyler Burrell's Unedited Podcast. This is episode 17, I believe. Yep, 17. A lot of football to talk about. Um, we'll do some headlines in the NFL, then we're going to get to my divisional picks. I went 5-1 and one in the wild card. I went 3-2 and two in the spreads. And then we're going to get into my... I'm going to... I cut down the list more. I did, I'm doing my top two free agents at each predict at each position and predicting where they will go. Um, today is just the skill players, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. We'll get into O-line, D-line in the next one, and then we'll get into linebackers and defensive backs in the, in the third podcast down the road. So, uh, and then we're going to get into my official. I wanted to wait till the college football national title game was over because I did have some changes after last night. Um, we'll get into my official first round NFL mock draft 1.0. Then we'll get into who do you want edition. Uh, going to be five football player or five football who do you want and five basketball who do you want. Then we're getting into soccer nearly halfway through the season. How will the top five end up in the five major leagues and also my Champions League knockout predictions, knockout stage predictions. Then we're going to do rank this list. Uh, got top 25 players under 25 in the NBA, top 10 best duos in the NBA. Five best teams in the NBA right now. Actually, no, we scratched that one. I wanted to wait and do that one at a different time. Um, then we're going to do rank the teams left in the playoffs and then rank my top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL today. Um, and then we're going to get into some, and at the end, be a combat sports. Oh, no. Yeah, it'll be a combat sports segment. Hold on. Let me get this fixed. Um, NFL to start. Combat sports to end it. We'll get through it. We'll do a little Garcia Campbell. What's going to happen at that division? Uh, Hearn says Fury. Joshua could be happening soon. A lot of headlines to get into. We'll get into my UFC on ABC1. First time the UFC will be on ABC. We'll get into my predictions for that one. And then there is a Wednesday card, I believe. Yeah, well, Wednesday, January 20th, headlined by Kiesa and Magni. We'll get into my predictions for that card as well. We'll start off in the NFL. Alabama dominates Ohio State. Really, it's college, but I just put it in the NFL because it's really the only headline to talk about in college football. Alabama looked great. Um, never really seen a receiver dominate a football game like that. That was really insane. Um, Devontae Smith is pretty good, and you'll see how I reward him in my mock draft when we get there. Um, but, yeah, he's phenomenal. Uh, I think Ohio State just – you know, Fields definitely wasn't 100%, and I don't think it would have mattered because I don't think they could stop them at all. So, you know, even if Fields was healthy, maybe they still, you know, maybe they only lose by a couple touchdowns instead of four. Uh, but you could tell he was not 100% at all. Still a great season for Ohio State. You know, able to come through, and you get your revenge on Clemson. They put, you know, they, they really left it all out in that Clemson game, and sucks that Fields got hurt. I think if he wasn't hurt, this game could have been a little closer, um, especially watching the way Florida was able to dominate Alabama. I think I thought Ohio State, if full if Fields was fully healthy, they could have done around the same. Um, but yeah, uh, well, like I said, we'll get to the mock draft. I got you know you got I won't, I don't know how many Alabama guys I got going. Let's see, let's go look how many Alabama guys I got going. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I got seven Alabama guys going in round one of my mock draft. Okay. Um, Watson wants out. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's the right move for him. Uh, Houston's an absolute shit show with their, uh, organization. They run, they run there. Um, I would want out too. Don't, don't let them do what Matt Stafford has had to go through to you. Get out. Yeah, I'm here in Miami. He, and the th- thing about him is he has a no trade clause. So he decides where he goes here. Yes, I know Houston's going to want to get the best possible value, but it's going to be getting the best possible value between the teams he wants. I'm hearing the teams that he likes 
are the Dolphins, uh, the 49ers. Um, he does like the Colts, but that's going to not happen. No way Houston trades him to a divisional team. That is not going to happen. Um, the Broncos is an option. I love the Raiders a lot. I don't think that's going to happen, though, it sounds like. The Broncos are one of his teams, and the Patriots are one of the They're the four that he would be willing to say yes to. I would put New England on the back end of that. I would say 49ers got to be the front runner. Um, then I would say Miami, then Denver. I mean, Miami, yeah, you trade Tua in a pick for Watson, but I would take Watson over Tua. I mean, I know Watson's a little older for sure, but I, you want to win. Again, what do I say? It's about winning now, not winning in five years. So I would go get Watson if I could if I was Miami. Jerry Jones says Dak has the leverage. Does he, though? Yes and no. I mean, the injury definitely is going to play a factor into the contract negotiations, but the Cowboys not making the playoffs. He's going to say, you, you need me. And they do need him. If Dak Prescott was healthy, I don't care what anybody says. I know everyone loves to hate the Cowboys. If Dak Prescott was fully healthy, the Dallas Cowboys would have had a better record than 7-9. and nine. They would have at least been 8-8, eight and eight, but especially with those last eight games, the Cowboys probably would have been a ten-win team this year. Dak Prescott. Their last eight games were uh, not a. It was a very easy schedule. Um, so yeah, Dak probably does has has the leverage. Dak's got to be very happy the Cowboys didn't make the playoffs because uh, then he would have lost a little bit of leverage. Where do the Steelers go now? Good question. I don't know. Um, the crazy thing is, the, the, if you look at a record and you say, "Oh, they went twelve and four. If you didn't watch any football this year, right? And you just saw the Steelers went twelve and four, would you let Big Ben leave and Mike Tomlin leave? You'd say no. But it's the way they went twelve and four, right? You look at the entire season, eleven and zero, going one and five in your last six. Uh, I think it's time to move on. Um, I don't know if they, you know, maybe they. I don't have them drafting a quarterback, but maybe they could be in play to make a move for a Watson, a Darnold. Um, We'll get into the we'll get into the quarterbacks I think could be traded this offseason. Pittsburgh could be a fit. I have Pittsburgh taking a tackle. So you take a tackle, really, you're probably saying, well, let's run it back with Big Ben because you need to protect him because your defense is still good. You know, maybe one more year. I would say maybe go one more year uh, because I don't know if you have enough cap flexibility to blow it up this year. Um, you're gonna have to be eating Big Ben's contract anyway. You'd be eating part of that forty one million dollar cap hit. So I would just run it back one more year. He's a free agent next year. Maybe walk away then. And maybe if, if you can't, you know, even if you're able to make a run and maybe get to a Super Bowl, which I don't think so, maybe you just, you know, you end it next year. But I say maybe run it back one more year. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't just build, uh, throw it apart now because I do think their defense is going to be, a, it's going to allow them to be in almost every game they're in. Obviously, they were not good against the Browns, really. But also, that was part of Big Ben's turnovers and Pouncey snapping it over the head of, Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger throws four picks. So, I mean, really can't blame it all on the defense. You know, the offense wasn't very good, even though Big Ben ended up with 500 yards. But that's what the Browns playing prevent defense, letting everything stay in front of them. Uh, Brady Breeze, part three. Love it. Old man show. We'll get into my prediction in that game in a minute. Obviously, you know, the Saints uh, swept the Buccaneers in the regular season. It'll be in New Orleans, but we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, Browns and Rams chances at upsetting the one seeds. <sighs> I say the Rams have more of a chance because of their defense and their ability to run the ball. Um, I just don't think the Browns can stop. If if Mahomes, Mahomes ain't going to turn the ball over four times, that ain't going to happen. And people, yeah, he's had a couple bad games lately, but that ain't going to happen. They they're they're ready to, they're ready to go. He ain't going to turn it over four times. And if Big Ben got five hundred yards, well, the Mahomes getting Mahomes in a good game is going to get three fifty easily, three hundred. Well. The way their their corners are, their defensive secondary, they can't guard the Chiefs. They better get pass rush quickly, and that is a, that that can happen. 
because the Chiefs' O-line has been beat up this year. They're not very, you know, they've been, most people thought they probably had a top 12, top 10 O-line. I say they've been, you know, around middle of the pack or down the middle, like the 20 to 18 range on O-line this year has not been good. But I'm going to say the Rams have more of a chance, but it's I've gone I really I thought about picking the Rams over the Packers, but I just couldn't do it. I can't trust Goff's injury. Um I trust Rodgers more in this situation. I would give the Browns a 10% chance to upset the Chiefs and I give the Rams a 20% chance. 25% chance to upset the Packers. But we'll get into my prediction tournament. Uh how many quarterbacks could be traded this offseason? I listed 6 that could be, not will be. I'm saying that have a likely that could be. And we'll go. We'll do this list, and we'll go likely to not likely. So I have Watson, Stafford, Ryan, Darnold, Jimmy G, and Carson Wentz. Number one to most likely go. I think Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to force himself out. So I think Deshaun Watson will be traded. Um, number two, I would go Matt Ryan. I have the Cardinals picking a quarterback at four. Uh, I think they're going to move on from Matt Ryan. Uh, I think a team will want him. You could see possibly an Indianapolis getting involved there. Um, so and in Indianapolis would be a great fit, I think. Possibly New Orleans if uh, Breeze retires. Uh, New England, another one. So I would go Ryan too. Third, it was tough. I'm going Wentz. I'm going Wentz. Um, I just don't think he wants to stay there. Why? You, they, they're gonna. It depends what coach they bring in, I guess. But I'm going to put him at three because I think the other ones, it's, I, don't, I don't think they'll end up being moved. But I'll go Wentz at three. Then I'm going to go... I'm going to go Darnold four. Because who knows what they're going to do at two or at 23 if you, know, pick, if you choose to pick a skill position at two and then draft either possibly Trey Lance, Mac Jones, or Kyle Trask in the later first round pick you have. I'll go Darnold four. I'm going to go... Jimmy G5, I don't think he moves. Unless it's a swap for Matt Ryan because there's been rumor that Shanahan would love to have Matt Ryan come run the offense in, in San Francisco because Matt Ryan's really good MVP year was with Shanahan when they went to the Super Bowl. So I'll go Jimmy G. And Stafford, six. I don't think the Lions move off because I think the Lions are going to make some moves and I think they're going to try to gun to be a playoff team next year. So I think Stafford doesn't move. I think Watson... And Ryan will be gone for sure. I think Wentz is 50-50. Darnold, 25% chance he's gone. Jimmy G, about a 5% chance. And Stafford, like a 2% chance he's gone. All right, my divisional round game predictions. Like I said, 5-1 last week. That brings my total to 171 and 88 on the year. It's okay. 66.1 win percentage. Not the best. Like I said, last year I was on. 79.3 last year. Um, Still not bad. I'll take it. Um, went five and one. Hope we can get a sweep. I'm going Packers twenty seven, Rams twenty. I think this game's a little closer. Um, the line moved. It was eight, I think, or seven and a half. It went down to six and a half. If it was over seven, I would have taken the Rams in the spread. So we'll go to my and I went three and two in the spread. So now I'm forty seven and forty four in the spread. Last year I was under five hundred in the spread. So right now we're above. Um, I'm taking the Packers at minus six and a half. I do think they win by a touchdown. If it was anything over seven, seven and a half, I would take the Rams. Uh, I got Ravens 31, Bills 24. I love the way Lamar's playing. I love the way that Ravens defense is playing. Their corners are really, really good. I like this matchup for the Ravens. I'm going Ravens 31, Bills 24. And we're be- just betting spreads, no money lines. I'm take- obviously taking the Ravens at plus three and a half. Uh, Buccaneers. Oh, no, my bad. It's going to be Chiefs-Browns. I got the Browns 24, 
Chiefs 38. Uh, I think um, I think the game will kind of be close early on. Halftime, I think you, you'll see like maybe a 21-14 uh, Chiefs. In the second half, I think they pour it on, end up winning by two touchdowns. So I do take the Chiefs at minus 9.5 as well, which is a lot of points. But I think I just... The Browns, yes, I know how good they looked against the Steelers, but I also didn't think the Steelers were... I I said the Browns are going to be the Steelers, so what did I think about the Steelers? I I mean, I'm not going to lie. I thought the only team they were better than entering the playoffs were the Colts in the, in the AFC. So I had them as the sixth best team, so what does that say about them? It's a great win, and I'm happy for Cleveland. I'm so happy for Cleveland that they got finally got this done. They got in the playoffs. They get a huge win over a team. The, ben Rossberger's never lost at home to Cleveland. But you run into Kansas City now, who is a much better team than Pittsburgh. Okay, so Buccaneers Saints. I like the Buccaneers at plus three and a half. I also like the Buccaneers to win by ten. I got the Buccaneers winning 34-24. Um The Buccaneers are clicking. That offense is going now. So many weapons. Nobody's complaining about, you know, if I don't get the ball or, you know, we just want to win. And Tom's just spreading it, spreading it around. Whoever's open's getting it. He's not forcing the ball to any guy that because no one's complaining. You don't hear it's not an Odell situation when you hear Odell complaining about not getting touches. None of these guys are complaining about getting touches. They're here to win. Buccaneers by 10 and plus three and a half. So top two free agents at each position and predicting where they will go. I'm giving them, I'm doing three options. So we'll start out at quarterback. My number one quarterback, Dak Prescott. I believe he, no questions asked, stay with the Dallas Cowboys. They will franchise tag him at the least, but I expect them to get a deal done. If he were to leave or if they were to tag and trade him because maybe just it's, you know, the relationship gets really messed up, number two option would be the Indianapolis Colts. Be a great, great fit for him to go in. They go, maybe go get a receiver. Um, one of the big time names, Godwin, Robinson, Fuller, go get a receiver for him. Goes into a great, really good O line, good running backs, good tight end. Number three would be the Chicago Bears. Uh, they need a quarterback. I guess they're going to roll back Trubisky next year. All right, if that's your thing. Um, they would need to probably bring back Allen Robinson, um, fix up the O-line for sure, but the Bears would be another option. The Patriots, I almost put the Patriots there too. Jameis Winston, he will find a job next year. I can't believe that the they played Taysom Hill over Jameis. That is incredible to me. So one, the Washington Redskins. They're picking at 19. In my opinion, I do have them taking a quarterback, but but this is me. I this is me going off. I've heard nothing about the draft, nothing about what teams are thinking. So that's why this is just a 1.0. This could change after hearing what teams are thinking. Because do the Redskins like the quarterbacks outside the top three? Lawrence, Fields, Wilson. Do they like Lance? Do they like Mac Jones? Maybe they'll go out and sign a quarterback like Winston to a one-year deal and pick pieces to bring around him in the offense, you know? So I would think it'd be a great fit. Number two. Go back up the San Francisco 49ers. Garoppolo, very injury-prone. Good backup. I think he fits well in San Fran as well. And then number three, Chicago. If Chicago lets Trubisky walk, why not bring in Winston for a year if you don't think one of those quarterbacks outside the top three is your guy as well? Running backs, Aaron Jones. I'm hearing there is a really good shot here that the Packers do not bring him back because of how good A.J. Dillon has done when he comes in, and they would rather bring back Jamal Williams on a lesser deal to have the two-headed monster instead of paying Aaron Jones 15 to $17 million a year, which he's going to demand. So number one, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you look at a team that has a rookie quarterback, so they have money, They do have money to spend. They haven't really big, big spenders besides the Hopkins deal. Great fit. Have that trio of Murray, Jones, and Hopkins. I love the fit. 
Two, the Buffalo Bills. They, they're also a team that has a quarterback on a rookie deal. They need running back help. Their running backs have not panned out as well as, as they thought, or as I thought either. I thought Singletary and Moss were both going to be really good. I don't think either are the future of the team. Jones would be a great fit there. Three, this is a money one, the New York Jets. If they just throw him a shit ton of money. Now, would they do that after what they did with Le'Veon Bell? So maybe the Jets wouldn't throw him a lot, but I do I do think they will because Jones is still... I, Bell just came off of four straight seasons where he touched the ball more than anyone in the NFL, receiving and rushing. So Jones splits... Jones doesn't get the bulk of... He does get a lot of carries, but Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon come in a lot. So it's not just a one-man show like it was with Le'Veon Bell. Number two, Kenyon Drake. Number one, the Atlanta Falcons. I don't think they bring back Todd Gurley. Good running back to come in, possibly pairing him with your rookie quarterback that I have them drafting. He can catch the ball. He can, you know, he's a really good runner. Three, two, the New York Jets. You wouldn't have to pay Kenyon Drake as much as you'd have to pay Aaron Jones. You need a running back. Good fit there. New England. New England, they have some decent running backs. I don't think they have any guy that's their future. Drake, I'm not expecting Drake to get a long-term deal. I'm expecting one or two-year deal for him, so it makes sense for New England. Wide receivers. Uh, my number one wide receiver in free agency, Allen Robinson. Um, <laughs> this one's tough. Um, I'm actually going to change this to the number one spot for Allen Robinson. I had it as Houston. I don't think Houston will go after Allen Robinson if they lose Watson. I'm going to say the Miami Dolphins will be the number one team, will be the, will be the number one fit for Allen Robinson. I don't think he returns to Chicago. And Miami has money to offer. I think they could go out and pay him. Unless they draft the receiver as well. But if you draft the receiver, doesn't mean you can't sign one either. I like that fit. Actually, I have them as number two. My fault. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars number one. You're going to draft Trevor Lawrence, bring in a guy like Allen Robinson that he can have as a really nice target. And three, the Baltimore Ravens. They'd have to clear up some room, but they could, and they need to get Lamar a legit one. Hollywood Brown is a two, not a one in this league. Go get him a legit one. Number two, Chris Godwin. I have him re-signing with Tampa. I don't think he leaves. Um, so really two, three doesn't matter. He's coming back to Tampa, but my two, three are the Jets and the Giants. Both teams need receivers. Um, Darnold needs help. Jones needs help, but yeah, it really doesn't matter. Uh, tight ends. Number one, Hunter Henry. I have the number one option for him is the LA Chargers. Um, I don't see why they'd let him leave. They could pick Kyle Pitts at 13, possibly. I don't see that though. I would resign Hunter Henry Two, the New England Patriots. Belichick loves him, um, so that'd be a great fit. Three, the Arizona Cardinals. If they don't go after a big-time running back, you need a tight end. But I also have them as the number one option for my number two tight end, Gerald Everett, which would be a cheaper deal, and he fits very well in Arizona. Two would be the Houston Texans. They need a tight end. They're very old at tight end. They're not very good. They do need one. And three would be the Patriots. So here we go. Part of the episode I'm ready for. The mock draft, first round only. Um, we'll build on it. I'm going to do probably for, probably for the first two, I think I'm going to do just first round. And then as it gets closer to draft time, maybe the first three mock drafts I do, they'll be just first round. But then as I get closer, I'm going to, I'm going to do second round for sure as well. So with the first pick and my 2021 NFL mock draft, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Trevor Lawrence, easy selection, best quarterback prospect of all time. Um, you got to take, you need a quarterback and how can you not take Trevor Lawrence? With the second pick in my 2021 NFL mock draft, I have the New York Jets taking Devontae Smith, wide receiver from Alabama. Yes, you could say go get defense players, go get a tackle. 
Go get Sam Darnold. If you're not taking a quarterback, go get Sam Darnold, someone he can target for crying out loud, and this kid's unbelievable. Unreal. Maybe the best receiver I've ever seen play college football. He's, he's, a, he's a wrecking machine. He's unstoppable. you got to take him. A guy that I don't think's far under him, though. With the third pick in my 2021 NFL mock draft, I have the Dolphins taking a wide receiver, Jamar Chase. He didn't play this year. He set out. But if you watched him play with Joe Burrow, he had damn near the same impact as Devontae Smith. This man was a killer, but he was, al- he was alongside Justin Jefferson as well. But people say this is the better prospect between Jefferson and Chase. And I agree. These two receivers are killers. Go get them. Miami, go get your guy. Number four, the number four pick in my 2020, 2021 NFL mock draft, I have the Atlanta Falcons taking Justin Fields, quarterback Ohio State. I don't think there should be any conversation. Zach Wilson is not better than Justin Fields. I do think Zach Wilson poten- has potential, and I think he could be a good quarterback. I don't think he's better than Fields, though. With the fifth pick, I have the Bengals taking Panay Sewell. Probably would be my third overall best prospect in this draft behind Trevor Lawrence and Devontae Smith. Then they need a tackle. they got to protect Joe Burrow. With the sixth pick, I get the Philadelphia Eagles taking Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. Would love him to slide to the Cowboys. Me and, me and my, one of my buddies were talking about this earlier. Would love to see him slide to Dallas. He will not. Philly needs a linebacker. They also need a corner. Parsons is so good, though. He's so very good. And at seven, another wide receiver off the board. I got the Lions taking Jalen Waddle, who should not have been playing last night. That was ridiculous that they threw him on the field. He is special, though. He is, he is just, just right under Jamar Chase for the second best. These rece- All three of these receivers have a chance, chance to be the best receiver in the NFL at some point in their careers. I like Jalen Waddle. Lions are going to probably lose Galladay or Jones, one of them. They're not going to bring back both. So go get Waddle to pair with either Jones or Galladay. At eight, I have the Carolina Panthers selecting Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU. Again, I love this kid's upside. I don't think he's a better football player right now than Fields. I would say their upside is about equal, but I think this would be a great pick. Have Wilson sit behind Bridgewater for one or two seasons and then throw him in. At nine, I have the Denver Broncos taking Gregory Rousseau. In my opinion, he is the best. You know, it's between him and Quiddy Pea. He's the best edge rusher in the draft for me, hands down. At 10, I got the Dallas Cowboys taking Patrick Sertan, the second corner from Bama. Yes, two straight years, the Dallas Cowboys take a corner from Bama. Sertan literally eliminated half of the field this season when playing in Alabama. Uh, Cowboys need corner. They also need O-line. But I think defense is more of a need than offense at this point. Go get another good corner to pair with Diggs. And hopefully, Awuzie or Jordan Lewis can be your third and be one. And because you, you're gonna have to decide, they're both free agents after this coming season. You gotta decide who you want between Lewis and Awuzie as your third. Giants at eleven taking Quiddy Paya, another edge rusher. He's good as well. I just think Rousseau has that it factor uh, to be a superstar in this league. But I do love Quiddy Paya as well. Twelve, the 49ers taking Caleb Farley, corner from Virginia Tech. Farley's good. Set out this year, I believe. But uh, he's really good too. Big 6'1", 217, I think. Um, I, they need a corner. Probably not bringing back Sherman unless he comes back on a really cheap deal. At 13, the Chargers taking Rashawn Slater, the tackle from Northwestern. Really can play all over the O-line, but he, for the Chargers, he's going to play left tackle. Uh, so, yeah, they need to protect Herbert. Solid pick there. 14, again, talk to my buddy uh, Carter about this. What do they need? He thinks interior O-line would be more of a – 
or he thinks anything in the O-line would be more than the D-line need. I went with Wyatt Davis, the interior O-lineman for uh, Ohio State. Can play left or right guard, possibly play center, whatever you need. He's a stud. He can move around all over. Um, I really like his game, and I think this would be a tremendous pick for the Minnesota Vikings at 14. At uh, 15, I have the New England Patriots taking Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. This man might be about the fifth best player in this draft. Overall prospect. Um, he's 6'6", 246. He's going to line up his receiver a lot, but it's going to be tough to guard this guy. He is so good. Kyle Pitts is so good. New England, go get a quarterback. Whether you bring in a veteran for a year or you draft one in the second or third round, go get a quarterback, and Kyle Pitts is going to be that guy's main target. At 16, I got the Cardinals sec- selecting um, Alicia Vera Tucker, uh, interior O-lineman from USC. Again, they need help on the O-line, really tackle or guard, but I think it's guard is guard is more of the need. Vera Tucker's a very good left or right guard, wherever you put him. They need that. At 17, the Las Vegas Raiders are going to select Joseph Osai, edge rusher from Texas. Again, Osai has the potential to be a superstar in this league. He is so good. Really one of the only bright spots of the Texas defense this year. And the Raiders need help defensively. At 18, in my opinion, I will probably have this guy be moving up my board as the mock drafts goes on. But if the Dolphins can get him at 18, uh, Jeremiah Owosu-Kormoa, the linebacker from Notre Dame, he is right up there with Micah Parsons. Um, Teams aren't valuing him as much as Parsons, but I think as we see the combine and as this goes on towards the draft, I think Owosu-Kormoa is probably going to be in a top 12 pick. 19, I got the Washington Redskins selecting Trey Lance. So they go quarterback for me for now. And again, this is me strictly going off what team needs. I'm not, I haven't been doing, I hadn't looked at what teams are saying about the draft yet, which we will know that as it gets closer. This is just me saying what, sh, what would I take if I were them right now. At 20, I got the Bears selecting a tackle, Christian Dershaw. Um... I'm hearing they want to bring back Trubisky. Even if they don't, I bet they'll bring in a veteran if they don't bring Trubisky in. They won't draft one this year. Dershaw's a really good tackle. They need help at tackle. 21, I got the Indianapolis Colts selecting Mac Jones, the quarterback from Alabama. Um, I like Mac. Uh, I think people are definitely overlooking his stats. Um, yeah, he had a very good season. He also isn't throwing – he wasn't throwing against a lot of good defenses. Um and the receivers are just so open, it's so easy to throw the ball, you know? And I'm not saying he's not good. I don't think he's better than the top four, though. But I do think the Colts want to get a new quarterback in there, a young guy for Frank Wright. So this is your guy. This is the guy that's there. I think he can be good. I don't think he's as good as the others right away, but I do think he can be good. At 22, I got the Titans selecting Christian Barmore, D lineman from Alabama. He is a monster. I like this guy a lot. And the Titans need help with... They could have gone uh, D-end because they need help with sacks, but this guy coming up the middle can get you some sacks as well. Uh, Jets with their second pick. Uh, obviously, the Dolphins had two picks, so now they've taken uh, De- they've taken Jamar Chase and Owosu Koromoa. The Jets took Devontae Smith. Now I have them taking his other Alabama uh, buddy and superstar running back, Najee Harris, going to the Jets at 23. So they get a backfield of Darnold and Harris adding Devontae Smith. They have Cap to go get another good receiver. There you go. Jets starting off well, I think. Uh, Pittsburgh, 24. They take uh, Samuel Kosmi, 
Tackle from Texas. Need help to protect Big Ben, especially I think they should run it back. You got to protect him. 25, Jaguars with their second pick. Obviously, they took Trevor Lawrence. Thought about receiver here, but I like their young receiving core. They need a tight end. I don't think any of the tight ends outside of, uh, outside of Pitts are first-round talents, though. Go get a tight end in the second or third round. So I have them taking they, corners a need. I have them taking J.C. Horn, the corner out of South Carolina. Need to watch more tape on him, but he looks good. I've seen, seen a couple highlights of him, a couple like one-minute tapes. He looks good, and they need corner, and he's, he is one of the better ones for sure in this draft. At 26, I got the Browns selecting Zaven Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa. He can do a lot. He can rush the passer. Good in coverage. Good at stopping the run. Very versatile. I love this pick for the Browns if he's there. I think he's another guy, though, as the combines go on and more scouting reports are done, could end up going inside the top 20, top 18. At 27, I got the uh, Buccaneers taking Aziz Olajari, the edge rusher from Georgia, I do not think they're going to bring back Shaq Barrett because you're going to pay Chris Godwin. I don't. I think Shaq Barrett's going to get big money. So take, enough, take your edge rusher here to rep, uh, replace Shaq Barrett. 28, Ravens. Need a receiver. Need a number one. Like I said, they could end up go getting one, though, in free agency, which would be huge for them. But I have them uh, taking Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver from Minnesota. Love this kid's game. Uh, go up and get it. Spe- I'm interested to see what he runs with the 40. Um, but I like this kid a lot, and they need a receiver. At 29, I got the Saints taking Nick Bolton, the linebacker from Missouri. Huge fan of this guy. Obviously not a big Missouri fan, but this kid is very good. He can, you know, he can do a lot for you, um, and they, they need help at linebacker. Uh, they could also want receiver here as well, though. Wouldn't be shocked if they go receiver. 30, I got the Bills taking Travis Etienne, the running back from Clemson. I, like I said earlier, I don't think the Bills have their running back that they want on their roster. So here you go, ETN, who I think, in my opinion, him and Harris are both top 20 talents. You get him at 30. At 31, Aaron Rodgers might be a little pissed. I don't have them taking a receiver. I have them taking Alex Leatherwood, the tackle from Alabama. Badahari getting up there. The other right, you know, he went down with the torn ACL. Other tackles okay. They need a tackle. Go get Leatherwood. He's really I love Leatherwood's game. He's a guy also I think that being a tackle and that's a position of need could go higher. And I got the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, people said, people were telling me, you know, I think the Chiefs, they like to go, you know, not really neat. Like they went, they went luxury with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Did they go luxury with like a Terrence Marshall from LSU, the wide receiver? I have them going to need, and this could be a defensive pick as well. I have them going Creed Humphrey, the the, uh, center from Oklahoma. He's going to be able to play guard in this league as well, and they need help on the O line. So I think Creed Humphrey would be a massive pickup for the Chiefs. I love his game. He's another guy. Wouldn't be shocked if he ends up going higher. But be, I think what's going to hurt him is in today's today's age, you need to be very versatile on the offensive line. He only played center at OU. That's what I think hurt, is hurting his draft stock. I think a lot of people have him around 39 to 40. I like him more than that. But yeah, there's my 1.0 mock draft. All right, now time for who you want. We're gonna, Like I said, we're going to go five NFL who you want and five NBA who you want. Start out with... Carson Wentz or Jameis Winston? I'm going to go Jameis Winston. I know he threw 30 interceptions his last year in Tampa. He also threw for 30 30 touchdowns and also over 5,000 yards. I like Winston more than Wentz. Um, Yeah, I would take Jameis Winston. Uh, Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry? I don't know why I'm not super. He got shut down. I'm not super big on Derrick Henry. I don't know why either. Got shut down against the Ravens. I like Dalvin Cook. I would take Dalvin Cook over Derrick Henry. 
Mike Evans or Allen Robinson? This is a tough one. Um, I think this one was probably, for me, the closest out of the five. I'm leaning Mike Evans, but it's a toss-up. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Rodgers, easily. Rodgers solidified himself as the second-best quarterback in the NFL. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson also, easily. It wouldn't even be hard for me to take Jackson over Allen. NBA edition, KD or Kawhi? KD, very underrated on defense, can score anywhere on the floor. Kawhi has trouble at times shooting the three and get physical with Kawhi. He has trouble too, so KD easily. Giannis or Anthony Davis, AD. AD can do more things for you offensively. He can also do more things for you defensively. Why would I not take Anthony Davis? Dame or Kyrie? On the court, I'd say it's tough, but because Kyrie's such a moron, I'm taking Dame Lillard by a landslide. I don't want that head case on my team. Dame Lillard. Jokic or Cat? Cat is definitely up to probably my second or third best center in, in basketball, uh, but I'm still taking Jokic. I think he's the best. Uh, John, Jamal Murray or Donovan Mitchell? Tough, 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 tough. I'm going Donovan Mitchell, though. This was probably the toughest one for the NBA, I think, as well. Yeah, that was the toughest one for the NBA, but I'll go Mitchell slightly. All right, soccer, near halfway through the season. How will the top five end up in the five major leagues? All right. Number one, I'm going I'm, to I'm, say I'm riding with my own team in the Premier League. I'm riding with Liverpool to get it done. I think, the, I think Liverpool will get it done. Two, I'm, I'm going to go with Tottenham to finish second. I like what they're doing. I'm going to go Tottenham. Uh, three, Man United, who's leading currently right now. I have them finishing third. Fourth, Man City. And then fifth, I think Chelsea rebounds in a good second half of the season and gets top five. La Liga, I think Real Madrid rallies to win it. Atletico finishes second. Barcelona, who's not very good this year, will finish third. Sevilla fourth. And Villarreal five. In the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich will finish first. Dortmund, who's I think in fourth right now, or fifth, they'll rally to finish second. Uh, RB Leipzig third. Bayern Leverkusen will finish fourth. And Wolfsburg will finish fifth. In League One, one, we, PSG will rebound. They'll find a way to win the league. Uh, Lyon, two. Uh, Lely, three. Monaco, four. And Reynes, five. In Serie A, I believe Juventus and Cristiano Ronaldo will rally. Seven down, I think. Seven points down with a game in hand. They'll win Serie A. AC Milan and Zlatan, second. Inter Milan, third. Roma, four. And Atalanta, five. Uh, Champions League knockout stage. Barcelona PSG is the headliner, and guess what? You know what? Because PSG, who knows if Neymar's even going to be healthy? Who knows how healthy Mbappe is? I'm going to say Leo Messi leads them to an upset in round one of the knockout stage and wins. They're going to move on. They're going to in those two games. They will move on. You know, I think I think uh, Messi rallies the troops, and I think they get it done. Liverpool Leipzig, Liverpool easy. Dortmund Sevilla, I'll take Dortmund. Juventus Porto, Juventus. Uh, Bayern Munich, Lazio, Bayern, Atletico, Chelsea. I'm taking Chelsea. Me and Carter discussed this. We believe Chelsea's going to make a run in the Champions League. I'm taking. We're both taking Chelsea over Atletico. Man City, Gladbach, Man City, Real Madrid, Atalanta, Real Madrid. Rank this list: top ten players under 25. Didn't do players that have that are almost 26 though on this list. So you know, don't get too upset. Uh, number one, Luka Doncic. Uh, we'll go with the four players that missed out, barely, missing the cut. John Morant, Brandon Ingram, De'Aaron Fox, and Shea. At one, this is how good they are right now. Now, how good they're going to be in the future right now. Who I think is best right now. One, Luka Doncic. 
Two, Devin Booker. Three, Jason Tatum. Four, Trey Young. Five, Ben Simmons. Had Ben Simmons lower, but Ben Simmons might be the best defensive basketball uh, wing defender in basketball right now. Six, Donovan Mitchell. Seven, Jamal Murray. Eight, Jalen Brown. Nine, Demonis Sabonis. And ten, Zion Williamson. Best duos in the NBA right now. Number one, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Two, Kevin Durant and Kyrie. It's reluctantly putting them at two. Three, Kawhi and PG. Four, Tatum and Brown. Five, Dame and CJ. Six, Jokic and Murray. Seven, Booker and CP3. Eight, Embiid and Simmons. Nine, Luka and Kristaps. And ten, Zion and Ingram. Rank the teams left in the playoffs. Number one, the Kansas City Chiefs. Two, the Baltimore Ravens. Three, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Four, the Buffalo Bills. Five, the Green Bay Packers. Six, the Cleveland Browns. Seven, New Orleans Saints. Eight, Los Angeles Rams. And this is right now. Who do I think are the 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL? Number one, easy, Patrick Mahomes. Two, Aaron Rodgers. Three, Lamar Jackson. Four, Deshaun Watson. Five, Russell Wilson. Six, Tom Brady. Seven, Dak Prescott. Eight, Josh Allen. Nine, Kyler Murray. And ten, Baker Mayfield. I think the most pushback I'll get is having Allen at eight. I'm guessing most people probably want him in the top five. Not yet. So here we go. My favorite segment to talk about, combat sports. Here we go. So it was uh, the second, January 2nd. Uh, Ryan Garcia was able to stop Luke Campbell in the seventh round with a body shot after he was dropped in round two. Um, WBC uh, will plan to order Garcia and Haney, but now the talks are moving differently. Right now, very early in negotiations, they're moving to Lopez versus Haney, Garcia versus Tank. I love it. And please give it all. Let's go. All of it. We want all of it. We want all of it. Please give us it all. I think Lopez is clearly the cream of the crop. I honestly think if I had to rank it right now, I would say Lopez, Tank, Garcia, Haney. So really, I think it should be Haney versus Garcia and Tank versus Lopez. But I see what they're trying to do here. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to make, they are trying to make Tank versus Lopez at some point. But let's have them fight a really high-profile fight before we do it. Let's hope Tank can beat Ryan Garcia, which I think is a closer fight than Haney-Lopez. I think Lopez will, would stop Haney uh, before the end of seven, eight rounds. Garcia can beat Tank. I would favor Tank, but I wouldn't be shocked if Garcia beat him. I really wouldn't. That hand speed is something else. Got to work on the head movement, though. Can't stay in that straight line and let Tank land one of those bombs on your head. Love the way they're going right now with this. Uh, Eddie Hearn says, Fury Joshua paperwork being drawn up. Love it too, please. And please, before mid-2021, I hope we get Garcia, Davis, Haney, Lopez, Fury, Wilder, or Fury, Joshua, and Canelo versus whoever he wants to go against. Four major fights. I could. I'm, I said I didn't think we'd see all of them. We might see all of this happen now. What UFC champion is in most danger of losing their title next? Okay, let's say. Stipe fights in Ganu. That won't happen until May. But there is a chance there. Mm, I'm going to say Jan. 
Okay, I'm just going to go through each champion round. I'm going to change this question. I'm going to go through each champion and say how likely is they lose their title if they fight the guy I think they're going to fight next. Stipe versus Ngannou. 9 out of 10, he loses the belt. I'll go 8 out of 10. But I think Ngannou's going to run through him. Jan, Izzy. 10 out of 10. I think it's an easy fight for Izzy. I think it's very easy. Don't really have a middleweight champion right now. Usman Burns. I'm going to put it at a 4 out of 10. 4 out of 10 of the chance. I like Burns. And I think he can make it very good. And I think he could win. But I'm going to put it a little lower at 4. Habib, we don't know. Um, so we really can't answer that one either. Featherweight, 7 out of 10. Volkanovski lose to Ortega. I like Ortega in that fight big time. Jan Sterling, 5 out of 10. I think that's a very... They're very they're very close in how good they are. So I'm going to go 5 out of 10. And then Figueredo fight Moreno. I say he bounces back and wins. Probably a 1 out of 10 chance. If it was Garbrandt, I'd say 6 or 7. But I'm going to say 1 out of 10 chance he loses. Hooker says he is going to break UFC's new toy real quick. So Dan Hooker thinks he's going to run through Michael Chandler, the former Bellator lightweight champion who recently signed with the UFC. Will be co-main eventing on uh, the Conor McGregor card. Uh, big fight for both these guys. Try to steal the show. Get get Conor and Poirier looking at you, you know. I think it's really big if Chandler wins. I think if I had to give out a ranking out of 10, if Chandler wins, his chance of fighting Poirier or McGregor, I'll say his chance of fighting McGregor would be a 5 out of 10. His chance of fighting Poirier would be a 9 out of 10, though. You're just looking at different ballparks when you're talking about who wins fights, you know. Connor goes very calculated. Poirier, he's probably do Poirier Chandler for the belt if Khabib retires and, you know, Poirier Chandler for the belt, the vacant title. Hooker fighting Connor, 1 out of 10 chance. And honestly, even the Poirier fight, I would say 3 out of 4 out of 10. Poirier beat him. If Hooker wins, I think he's looking at either a Gaethje or Oliveira fight. If Chandler wins, I think he looks for either Connor or Poirier. Why Poirier? Okay, first we're going to get in. Why are people saying only Poirier has gotten better since their last fight? This is so weird to me. It's the it's so weird to me what people are talking about. I see this on a lot of podcasts and sports podcasts, uh, MMA podcasts I watch. They're like, man, Poirier's gotten so much better since the first fight, though. Okay, so since Poirier, right? Let's let's go through this. Since Poirier, McGregor, since Poirier lost to McGregor in 90 seconds back four, six years ago, he's gone 12-2. and two. He's become the interim champion. He's beaten some really good fighters. You know, Dust, uh, Justin Gaethje, Eddie Alvarez, Anthony Pettis, Max Holloway. Beat some really good guys. Okay. So since Conor McGregor beat Dustin Poirier, he went on to beat Chad Mendez with a torn, when Conor had a torn ACL to win the interim title. Then he went on to KO the pound-for-pound pound number one Jose Aldo. In 13 seconds. Then he went on to have a great battle with Nate Diaz and beat him at 170 pounds. Then he goes on to smash Eddie Alvarez to win the belt, become the first ever champ champ. Boxes Floyd Mayweather. His very first fight in two and a half years, he comes back and fights the the, no, the guy nobody wanted to fight, Habib Nurmagomedov. Loses to him. Then after a year and a half layoff, he comes back and beats Donald Cowboy Cerrone in 40 seconds. So what are people saying when they say that Poirier, they're acting like Poirier is the only one who's gotten better? Not a chance, son. Conor McGregor is not the same guy he was in 2014. Not even, he would kill that person now. Dude, I think they're, they're overlooking that. They're acting like Poirier closed the gap so much because he's the only one getting better. I disagree completely. Conor was a pro, that was Conor's fourth fight in the UFC when he fought Poirier. He was a prospect still. They didn't know what he was. They didn't know if Conor McGregor 
was going. That's why they threw him to Poirier because they didn't. Poirier was ranked three in the world at the time. So let's not act like Poirier was like this up and comer. He was he was established. Connor was ranked nine or ten. His fourth fight in the UFC, he's fighting the number three guy, and he comes out and starts him in ninety seconds. So let's not act like Connor hasn't gotten better either. Connor's gotten leaps and bounds better than he was from his fourth fight in the UFC. He's got more power. His striking's more precise. He understands the game better. His IQ of the game is better. His ground game is better. Jiu-jitsu's better. Kicks are better. Everything's better. Boxing is extremely better. To say that Dustin Poirier is the only one that's improved going into this rematch is insane. And like I said, I'll give my prediction. We'll go, we'll go more in depth about how I think this fight will play out next week. You know, before this, before, you know, the week before the fight. Watch the press conference probably too. And then we'll go into my next question. Why Poirier is the perfect fight for Conor to return? You know why? Because in my opinion, let's rank the lightweights. I like to rank these lightweights. Khabib's out right now. Khabib's out of the picture. Because what I've been told, he is retired. So Khabib's out of the picture, right? So let's rank who I think the top five lightweights are in the world. Top seven. We'll go top seven. Just top six would be fine. We'll go top six. Connor is my number one. Poirier's my two. Oliveira's my three. Chandler's my four. Gaethje's my five. Ferguson's my six. Hooker's my seven. That's my top seven in the lightweight division. So why is... People are saying, man, you rank Poirier too, so isn't that Connor's toughest fight? It looks that way. I think it's the best matchup for Connor, besides Hooker. But let's be honest, take Hooker out. No chance Dan Hooker's fighting Conor McGregor ever. Unless McGregor wins the belt and Hooker goes on to beat Chandler, then beats Gaethje, and then beats Oliveira. No chance he ever gets to the title, though, unless he does that. So if you look, if you look at Gaethje, great wrestler. Chandler, great wrestler. Oliver, great wrestler. Ferguson, great ground game. Poirier, not a good wrestler. He's got good jiu-jitsu, but he's not in there shooting for takedowns. So, and it, I wouldn't be surprised if he does shoot for some takedowns in this fight, though. I'm not saying he will not. I think there's a chance he does shoot for the takedown early. Let's call it now. Um, so in my opinion, why it was the perfect fight. First off, I think it's the easiest matchup for him when you're talking about the elite level fighters he could have fought. And I think Hook, I think Poirier is the second best lightweight in the world if Khabib, when Khabib is retired. If Khabib stays retired, I think Poirier is the second best fighter at lightweight in the world. So it's a great fight. You get the best matchup and you get to fight the best stylistic fight for yourself. And guess what? That's perfect matchmaking by Conor McGregor in the UFC. And that's not me saying Poirier can't win because everyone can win the UFC fight. There's no guarantees. But it's a perfect matchup for Conor McGregor. And if you look, if you don't think it is, you're out of your mind if you don't think it's the best matchup for him outside the elite guys he could have fought. And basically take Ferguson out right now because he's on two-fight losing streak. So basically the only guys he could have fought would have been Oliver, or Poirier, Oliveira, Chandler, Gaethje. Okay, well, out of those guys, Poirier is definitely the best matchup for Conor. So I would say Gaethje is a very close second, but because Gaethje can wrestle, even though he doesn't use it, I do also think Gaethje's more chinny than Poirier, so that could maybe even it out. But I also think once Gaethje gets hit, if he got hit by Connor, he'd say, fuck that, I'm shooting for a takedown. Gaethje versus Charles likely next, even though Charles says no, I agree with Brendan Schaub to sit and have the fight game one because you're not receiving a title shot next. They want Connor, Khabib, and even if Connor wins, I don't think he's next. I think either Connor will, you know, possibly defend against, maybe not even defend the title, but possibly Chandler. 
I think Chandler's a very likely matchup for Connor if he chooses to stay at 155 after this win. But Masvidal's up there at 170. BMF fight looming. Obviously, him and Covington hadn't signed anything. That fight's there. Nate Diaz trilogy's still there. A lot of things there for Connor after this win. Uh, UFC on ABC this Saturday, January 26th. Holloway versus Cater predictions. Uh, just do the four. I'm doing the four four main fights on each card. Alessio uh, Di Circhio versus Yokan Buckley. I got Buckley via first round KO. Santiago Ponzinibbio returning versus Lean Jingling. Pons via second round TKO. Condit versus Matt Brown. I'm going Condit via first round TKO. In the main event, Max Holloway, Calvin Cater. Going to be a good fight. I'm taking Max Holloway via unanimous decision. Okay, UFC on ESPN 20. Kiesa Magni, Wednesday, January 20th. First fight, Roxanne Modafari versus Vivian Orajo. I got Modafari via third-round submission. Isaac Villanueva versus Vincius Morea. I got Villanueva via unanimous decision. Warley Alves versus Munar Lazez. I got Lazez via first-round TKO. Michael Chiesa and Neil Magny in the main event. I got Chiesa via second-round submission. So there we go. Most of this podcast was definitely NFL talk, which I loved every second of. Um, be back with a lot more next week. Obviously, you're gonna huge break. I think my, I think Fee might be back on the podcast, so we'll definitely get into Connor. Um, obviously, by the time we do this next week, we'll be about four or five days till the fight. Thank you guys for listening. Peace.